Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. So, would you guys give a warm Bethel Atlanta welcome to Candace Johnson. Thank you. God loves the church. (laughs) If it's not happening at home, I mean, that's it. That's drop the mic. We do love you, and it's so fun to be back here. I love your temporary home. (laughs) But I went to your kind of home that there's a lodge already on it for you. I'm like, you, um, a lot of great things are in store for you. And God is taking a long time to prepare you for what he has for you. So I just say, enjoy all of it, that you are a flexible people. Flexibility is is very healthy, because if you're not flexible, you break something. As you get older, you want to stay flexible. And you guys are growing and maturing into a really strong family and body of people. And so I think God has been very kind to build you in strength and flexibility to get ready to step into what he has for you. Because I honestly think that when you get your building, it's going to be such a different season. You're going to need the strength of each other and the history and the flexibility because I think you're going to be overflowing. It's true. Actually, I don't question it at all. So, so I don't know if you have a year left to just you know, keep growing and use this time wisely because the Lord's preparing you. And there's a lot of beauty ahead of you, even more. You guys are so blessed. But even being on that property, there's just the pleasure of God there. Just crazy. So enjoy. Enjoy your temporary meeting space. It'll be blessed because of you. And oh, worship. I'm like, I kind of feel bad for speaking. <laughs> I'm like, we could just worship. <laughs> I think that there was like some slicing happening in the sky. Like something's opening up. We should stay here. Thank you so much, worship team, wherever else you are. That was amazing. Thank you. I was down there going, keep going. You can prophesy too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you could keep going. <laughs> Very anointed. So fun. Well, it's good to be back here. It's been quite a few years we've been coming because we do love you so much. You guys are a family. You are us. Um, I did come alone first. This is the first time I've come alone for a day by myself. Um, and Eric will be here tomorrow. This is the first time as well that we've ever left our girls home alone. They are older. You would think they've been left home alone, but... Kennedy, our oldest, is a little bit more sensitive and super responsible, but sensitive. So at nighttime, if we were, I was ever at a meeting that went, you know, to like 11 o'clock, I just know I come home and every single light in the house is on and the pots and pans are out. And I'm like, honey, what's going on? I heard a noise in the garage. I'm like, we have a cat. Um, but, and I'm like, oh, I feel bad because it would kind of torture her a little bit because she just, her mind would go a little creative. 
Um, and so we've always had like someone just spend the night just to hang out with them at nighttime. But this, she felt like, you know, I'm 17, I'm almost 18. I'm, we're going to stay by ourselves. <laughs> but my younger daughter, Sayla, who's 16 now, she was ready to stay by herself from like kindergarten on. <laughs> like, Don't worry, Sayla will take care of you. <laughs> So they're having a really good time. They're um, growing up beautifully. They, um, this year, they've always been into sports and it just changes through the years. Sayla danced forever. She has 15. She switched in one week from dancer to I want to do school sports. And then she was on the ski, snow ski team. And um, this year she wanted to try the swim team for the first time. So Kennedy decided to jump in with her. So I have two girls on the swim team. I mean, and they were just, like, they went to the first day of swim practice, and they were laughing their heads off because they've only swam in the swimming pool and the lakes. Like, we don't, they don't know any strokes and how you breathe and stuff. But they're like, yeah, we're just going to try it. I'm like, that's awesome. It's going to be fun. But they're like, we don't even know, like, what to do. And I'm like, it'll, it'll be great. And we went to the store picking out, they're calling their friends. What do you need? They're like, you need goggles. You need, like, a cap, and you need a swimsuit. It has to be one piece, like Nike or something. So we go to, to the sports store, and we're like, okay, this looks like something you'd wear and swim. And we're just laughing because we are so ignorant. And, um, and then Kennedy said, we got there in the parking lot of the school, and we just were like, what are we doing? And we go in there, and they said, okay, so you're going to start out, and you're going to do 50 breath strokes, then you're going to do 50 freestyle, and then 50 um, something else. And she said, then I raised my hand, and I go, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> because they've never done that kind of swim. So they're learning very fast, and it's really fun to go watch them. So they're doing well. Sayla uh, just turned 16 last Sunday, and she still has her driving permit because she has to have it for six months. So I think she has to have it like for another month. And I'm thankful that we have driving permits because she didn't start with a high level of skill in driving. <laughs> and I've had two daughters. So I know um, Kennedy was a natural, like just stepping on the brake, turning. I mean, just, it was good. And Sayla is just like um, still learning. And we just, I said, Sayla, I'm so glad that there's guardian angels. Like, we'll just make sure to pray for you every time you get in the car. And then I will do my best. Like, you're going to drive every time we're in the car because we'll get lots of practice. And she's doing so good. But we started, like, at a very low level. <laughs> and, like, we just, everyone has different skills and abilities. You know, we can all learn, and it's okay. <laughs> so, so pray for her. <laughs> make sure her angels are extra strong. No, she's learning. It's good. Um, so everyone, yeah, everyone's doing good. Reading's doing well. I'm so thankful. We are, um, I am completely in awe of what God continues to do with us. Like, it's crazy in Reading. How many of you have been to Reading? Like, it's Reading. Like, that is the, that is the testimony. That is the, like, it is Reading. The world is coming to Reading. It's really hard to get to. And they keep coming. And God keeps pouring out his spirit. It's crazy. That's my favorite thing about being at Bethel is the presence of God. It's my favorite thing. It's the presence. And then my second is the people. We have the best people. Just the highest character, caliber, quality of people. I always encourage people, it would be a bummer if this is your home and you live here one year, two years, and you actually don't take time to get to know the cool people around you because it is like gold. And we miss out if we don't get to know each other and get to know each other's stories. 
And I have the same feeling here, you guys. We would really miss out on what God has for us if we didn't take advantage of getting to know and making time for the people around us. We have some of the greatest people around us. So I'm so thankful to be there. Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of prisons to those who are bound. Thank you, God, for your freedom. We were born to be free. I mean, how many people were born like, oh, I wish I was in a cage. Like, I think I was meant to live underneath something. Nobody wants to, because we weren't made that way. We were made in the image of our creator and he made us for freedom and to live abundantly. That was always his heart for us. One of the things that makes me sad is when I encounter people that I can tell whether it be because of fear or whether it be because of lies or shame that they live trapped. And I'm like, oh no, I'm so, my heart is so sad because I know that you are tormented and you don't want to be there. Like no one ever intentionally chooses to be there. And we all make choices and our choices lead us places. But nobody really wants to be there. In my heart, and my favorite thing to do is to lead people to the Lord and to connect them to Abba Father, whose love heals every part of us and whose love melts things off of our lives and opens up doors so that we don't live underneath things, but we get to live on top. I am very passionate about being a people who step into the fullness of who, of who Christ has created us to be. Do you know that we all have a glory? We have the glory of God in us because we were created in his image and he is a glorious God. And even when we worship, we're just giving him our glory. But each of us have a different, it looks different on each of us because we're so unique in his image. And even the glory that you carry, I don't, I don't, I can't display it like that. And only when you step into the fullness of who he is, people get to see the glory of God in you. I think what if we all we're able to step in to the fullness of who Christ is inside of us. Would his glory cover the earth? Would it be everywhere that you go? We have an opportunity. I feel God saying, come on, Candace. Come on, nurture the body of Christ. Step into the fullness of who I created you to be. And when we do it, we encourage others to do it as well. You know, a year ago, Eric and I went to a Coldplay concert and um, I am not hugely into music. I, I can, I, of course I like music, but I'm not the kind of person who ever even bought tapes or CDs when I was younger. <laughs> um, but I enjoy it. Eric is very, very much into music and um, into going to concerts. It was like on his bucket list to go to a Coldplay concert. He's like, if they ever, you two and Coldplay, if they ever come around us, we have to go. And I'm like, okay. And I could do without like screaming people. And I just don't, I don't know. It just doesn't tracked me. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll go. So he bought Coldplay tickets for us as soon as the tickets were available. We were in Switzerland and he's up in like the middle of the night because that's when they're open. And I'm like, he was hardcore. So he bought us Coldplay tickets. We went to San Jose and watched a Coldplay concert and I, I like their music. So I'm like, oh, it'll be fun. We get there 
And it was incredible. What was incredible, I didn't, I thought about it even afterwards. What was it that was so incredible is they were having so much fun and there was like a freedom that they walked in and they displayed that I think I even got freer. The weirdest thing, I don't even know. I mean, I know I'm in church. I don't even know if they're Christians or where God was. I don't know, but I'm like, I think you're living out something that's inside of you. I don't know. There was a level of freedom and joy. And I'm like, I feel freer just being around you. What would happen if I lived in that level of freedom? What would happen to the people around me? Like when we walk in this, it releases the people around us effortlessly. You don't have to do anything. You just be who God has created you to be and live in the glory of God inside of you. That's what I want from us. That's what I know where we're supposed to go. I actually think that there are destinies and anointings and callings in this room. But we need to be able to own our own stories. Each of us have stories and history and experience and just the unique people that God has created us to be. But I believe that when we can own our stories, there's a level of freedom that captives will get released out of. There's a little freedom for people who are bound when we own our stories and share them. A couple, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, I shared on um, courage on a Sunday night. And I thought, who are some of the most courageous people that I know? Because I feel like where God is taking us, like there's a promised land, a land that we're supposed to inherit, that we're actually supposed to take people with us. But to go there, we're gonna need a lot of courage. Because even, when I, even in the Bible, when the Israelites left Egypt and God had a promised land, there were challenges. There were other people in the promised land. There's a, you know, it was a journey. And I know that God has places for us to walk, but that actually we're gonna need extreme courage to go there. And I thought, who are some of the most courageous people that I know? Because I want them to get all over everybody else. And so I chose, I had one of my friends who, um, her husband had an affair on her. I don't even know how long it's been, maybe eight years ago. And her response to the affair, it was with somebody, one of his interns who continued to still go to our church. And um, he was on staff at our church. So it just put her in the most awkward situation to have to come every time at church to worship God and to be vulnerable with someone who spent time with her husband. And um, I got to encourage her and walk through the process with her. And she was incredible. She got a word. She, she goes, I, I was ready to just throw the ring back at him when I found out. She said, but I, I heard God like, nope, I believe in you guys. Like I, I, I believe in you guys together. And she said, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do this. And she just set her heart and she, she completely walked it out with him. She was courageous. And what was cool, so she, she stayed in, she was committed. And secondly, she didn't just accept him back in and forgive him. She actually took the time to work on herself. She started going to counseling and she said, um, she comes up to me one time and she goes, Candace, you like, you guys go up to Mount Shasta a lot to go snowboarding. Yeah, yeah, we go all the time. We love it. And she gets kind of shaky. Her voice starts shaking. And she said, do you think that I could ever come with you? I'm like, of course, I love it when people come with us. We go all the time, the more the merrier. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, do you think like you could help me? I'm like, yeah, what do you need help with? And she's like, well, I had a really bad experience, a really traumatic experience when I was 12. And I'm deathly afraid to go skiing. She said, I have been living underneath fear and I've, it's been robbing me of my life. And I'm in counseling and this whole thing with me working through 
um, reconciliation with my husband. I've chosen to work on stuff that I need um, to get healing in. And fear has robbed me and I haven't even been living my own life. And so what I've done is I've made a list of all the things that I'm afraid of. And I'm just checking one off after another. And I already went skydiving and now I wanna go skiing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> You can come with me. And so she, she came up with us. Her whole family did. And um, I'm thinking, I mean, I love skiing and snowboarding. I've done it since I was like three. So I don't really understand what she's saying, but I see her, you know, as so I know it's real. And um, we get, she's like, okay, we'll go up on a lift together. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Like, I, I just want to bless you and to serve you and, and see you get breakthrough. And so we get up on the chairlift and we're going and I can see her starting to sweat and she's shaking. Like she's, it's no joke. She's really terrified. And she, we get, we get off and she just, you know, barely makes it down just the little lip off the, off the um, lift. And um, she's like, okay, okay, well, you know, I can do this. I'm like, yes, you can. It's going to be fun. It's great. And I said, well, we'll just get going. And I just go slowly first and we start making a turn and her knees are all in and she's doing her snow plow and she's just shaking. And, um, and it's not, we're just still on like little flat, just barely. And, and we're going and she's just snow plowing as hard as you can. So you can't go very fast at all. So we're just going really slow. I mean, it's just painful. And, um, and she's doing it. It actually does hurt more to snowplow, just so you know. <laughs> and she's doing, she's going really, really slow and goes. And we finally get to the other side so we can turn around slow. And she just has to stop. I just need to breathe for a second. And I'm like, oh, I could tell you're not breathing. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And um, then we slowly go and she starts to get a little bit more ease. And she had all the skills. She was just completely terrified. And by the halfway down, she was like, I'm doing it. You are. Because she chose not to live underneath that fear anymore. She's one of the most courageous people I know. And she decided to own her own story. Her husband had an affair on her and she didn't just forgive him. She goes, gosh, I need to get healthy and whole myself. And I had her come share her story. I'm like, that's, that's what we're called to do. You know, like there's, there's shame with affairs. There's rejection. I mean, he's seen the most intimate things about her and he chose to have another woman. I mean, she had to work through so much stuff and then she shares her story. I'm like, when you share, people get free. You bring, you bring healing and restoration to other people and give them permission to own their own stories and to step into wholeness. Thank you for doing that. Actually, I wanna do that. And then I had this other man share, his name is Ken, he's on our staff. And um, super, he's a wonderful leader. And when he shares his story, and I knew what he was going to share, but I thought, I, I, I actually know, I want that. I want what he was going to share. So I asked him to come up on a Sunday night. And you know, I knew that it was going to be different for the church, but I didn't really care. There's one thing about me is I don't really care what people think. <laughs> that could be good and bad. <laughs> it's just like learning to think through, like, what is the consequence of this? So <laughs> I was sitting on the front row and he goes, he starts out with, um, from a young age, I never really identified with men, for, with boys. I was the last one. I was always made fun of. I was the last one picked on any team. I was kind of scrawny. And I, didn't, I wasn't very masculine. I was more connected to my mother and identified more with females. And he goes, that began there. And then he goes on to tell really um, a lot more detail than I'm going to share now. But he start, started to talk about how he, um, that's when same-sex attraction began. 
and that he's, he battled that really hardcore through his um, elementary, junior high, and it progressed a little bit more. But then how the Lord set him free and that he experienced a complete freedom and healing. And he's happily married, has kids. I mean, he, he is such a beautiful man. And he, he's owning his own story. Like he's so courageous. Because even when I introduced him, I said, I'm going to have a friend share. And I was talking about courage, being strong and courageous. I'm going to have a friend share about something that isn't very politically correct or socially acceptable. And maybe not even appropriate in church. I don't know, but I want him to share because it's true and real and there's freedom. And he has compassion and love for people who struggle with um, gender identity and same-sex attraction and homosexuality. And I love it. I'm like, could you, I want to help you develop your message. And I love how compassionate you are. And so he's gathered with some other friends that have come out of the lifestyle and have experienced freedom. And they have a heart for people who want to be free from that and are developing a ministry called Equipped to Love. And I just, what I love about him watching him own his own story is I see he's walked out freedom, but I see people around him getting free. And it's a message that the world is waiting for. He goes, when I see, when I see um, homosexuality, I just see pain just from my own experience. And his friends that are with him who've come out the same thing, they just shake their head. And I just say, thank you for owning it. Thank you for living out, letting the glory of God be inside of you and for walking in wholeness and freedom, because that's what we're all called to walk in. In this room, there's so many anointings, there's so many callings and stories that there's a place that we're supposed to live in, in utter freedom. But it's not just for ourselves. It's for the people around us. But I think to get there, we need more, we need more of God. I was in a staff meeting a couple, I don't know, six months ago. And my days at Bethel, not every day, but often it just likes I go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. Sometimes with one person, sometimes with two people, sometimes it's a group of people like our staff. It's not the most spiritual thing that you could ever do in your life. Sometimes there are moments, but it's just a lot of meetings, a lot of strategy and uh, counseling, listening. I mean, it's just meetings. So I'm in a day of lots of meetings. I just pick up my bags, go to the next place, stay in my office. So I'm, I walk into this next room because it's my next meeting. It's a staff meeting and I'm business, you know, all about it. And I get into the room and we're like, oh, we're going to have, we're going to start with a little bit of worship. We have someone in there, start strumming the guitar. Instantly, I start worshiping God and something changes. Something changes because he's right there. He's right there and my heart even starts to tremble because in a heartbeat, I became aware of his presence. And there's the, it's just intense. And I hear him saying, come closer, Candace. I don't want there to be anything between me and you. You mean I can be that close to you, God? There's even more? I just want to come closer. I don't want there to be anything between me and you. Come closer. It's so intense, his presence. This is in a split second. I open my eyes, I'm like, is it kind of cloudy in here? This is weird. And then I start reading Exodus 24. This is about Moses. And Moses is a different character. He had such a calling on his life. And he had a different relationship with God. He was the 
face to face with God. I mean, Moses. Exodus 24, verse 15 through 18 says, Moses went up to the mountain. And I read that and I'm like, well, he responded to your presence. That's why I feel like there's an invitation. I'm in that room and instantly there's an invitation like, actually come closer, respond. Like, and I'm really good at surrendering. Like, I love the Lord. I'm like, yeah, God, have your way. Do whatever you want. I just surrender because that is an act of worship. Just go in here, you just do whatever you want. But it wasn't just do it. I felt like he was saying, you come closer to me. Come on in. And I read this with Moses and he goes up the mountain, up the mountain. And it says in the cloud covered the mountain. I'm like, oh, maybe the cloud was in the room with my staff. It was cloudy. I don't know. Or I need to rub my eyes. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. There's something about the time that we would actually make time to be in his presence. Like what would happen if we actually took time just to worship him and just to look at him? What would shape us? What would change inside of us? Six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. I love when it says consuming fire. You know, in Reading, we have a lot of uh, forest around us and trees, so, and it's also very hot. So during the summer, we have to watch out for fires because the wood that's really dry is very flammable. It acts as excellent fuel for fire. A month ago, there was a fire uh, right outside Weaverville, which is in the mountains about an hour away. And the, these little towns are right in the mountains. So when the fire comes, like it's, it can be super devastating to whole communities. And there was one um, right outside of Weaverville, Junction City. And um, I kept, you knew there was fire because an hour, we're an hour away and there was smoke everywhere. And um, you're like, where is the fire? It ended up being right outside Junction City and, um, and it was spreading rapidly. And it's really hard to fight because of the terrain. And they always say like, you wanna find out how contained it is because they'll say like um, how good of hold they have on the fire. And for a week or two, it was 0% containment. And the thing about 0% containment is that they have no control and it can jump lines. It goes super fast and it means everybody has to watch out. And so I read this and I'm like, in the side, in the side of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire. And I'm like, oh, that's, Lord, I want to be consumed by you. I want my heart to be like the dry wood. Like that you would just have your way that you could just burn, like that your fire would be so consumed with you. Because there's something about fire too, it also purifies. Lord, that we would be so much in your presence that you would purify us and that there would be 0% containment as well. That even what's going on inside of me couldn't stay there. Like it actually would jump lines. You know, and there's... I believe that there's places that we're supposed to walk and to develop like my friend Ken is with even developing his message with sexuality. That is very, that's a hot topic right now. And even with racism and racial pain and reconciliation, those are really big things in our nation right now. What if God so consumed us that it could jump barriers? Not just consume us, but it can consume like even our spouse that had an affair on us. I mean, what if, what if the fire of God was so out of control that there was 0% containment? I actually believe that there is a wave 
of the Holy Spirit that's gonna come that we haven't experienced, like a fresh wave and we need it. We need it because of where we're supposed to go to come into the fullness of who God has created us to be and to walk in the places we're supposed to walk. We actually need another measure of His presence and another, another measure of His glory. When I got on the airplane to come here, they shut the doors and then the stewardess come up and, and then they say, you know, in the... What's the word they use? Instance or something that we lose cabin pressure, the oxygen masks will fall down and use them, you know. And because the cabin is pressurized, because as we get higher and higher in the plane, the oxygen is thinner and thinner. So the cabin is pressurized with oxygen so that we can handle the height. I believe that God wants to take us places that are so high that we can't go there without his glory. We actually can't go there because we need to be wholehearted. We need to be full. We need to be compassionate, loving, more than we humanly is possible. Like in these areas, we need more than we actually have without him. And there are destinies in this room and stories that if you own them, people will be walked into a promised land. When you actually step into that promised land, you're gonna take a lot of people there with you. And there's gonna be generations set free. This is really big, this isn't little, but it actually requires something of us. We actually need to respond and step in to another measure of him. In Exodus 33, 15, Moses and God are talking. And Moses, you know, God had called him, you know, take my people and there's a land flowing with milk and honey and they're on the journey. And the Israelites were challenging. If you read it, I'm like, they were disappointed. God didn't do things exactly like they wanted when they wanted him. I'm like, yeah, I, got, I get that. It's hard. Sometimes life doesn't turn out like we think. And sometimes God doesn't provide like we want him to. And in the timing he wants, that we want him to. So Moses is leading these people. And I love the conversation. He said, God, actually, if you don't go with us, I don't want to go. Like, actually, I think Moses understood something about being in the presence of God. And God says, no, I'm, I'm going to go with you. We actually, where, where we're going, we need the presence of God. What I think is really cool is I read late, I was thinking about um, Moses. Moses was the deliverer. Like he delivered Israel out of Egypt. Super huge calling on his life. And then there was Joshua because Moses actually didn't take him into the promised land. But Joshua... He was one of the, he was a great leader who followed Moses. And I'm gonna talk about him in just a moment. But what I love about Joshua is he was a great leader, but Joshua was Moses' assistant. So in all these scriptures, when Moses is in the presence on Mount Sinai, Joshua was there with him. It's so crazy. And, and Joshua was very different than all the, other, all the other people. And his response was different and the things that shaped him were different. I'm like, there's something about the presence there's something about the presence that makes us whole. So there's an invitation for us to come near to God and to be real. And in this place, I feel God saying, I just want, 
there to be nothing between you and I. Like in honesty. You know, there's, there's a difference between real, what's real, and what's right. You know, and I don't know how it is here, but in Northern California, people are very kind and nice. And when you walk by, you just say, hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. And you just keep walking most of the time. And that's like kind of the right answer, right? You know, hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. That's right. But what's real? You know, and I, I was, um, I journal a lot of times when I'm praying and talking to God and and I'm writing down once and I'm working through some stuff with other leaders and people and I start writing down, Lord, and I don't like this person. And <laughs> this is like in the last year or two. <laughs> Confessions of Candace Johnson. No, it wasn't you guys. No. <laughs> and, um, and I'm just talking about like telling God, just being super honest. And I stop for a moment and I'm like, I'm embarrassed to write this. I'm embarrassed because... God, this is, I know this isn't even right. And I'm, and I, oh gosh, this is not what I should, leader of Bethel should be writing. But I'm being very honest. And this is what I heard him say. I'm not afraid of you, Candace. I'm not afraid of you. I love you and I love when you come to me and when you're, when you're real with me. You don't need to put a mask on with me. I'm like, good. And, and I'm not going to stay there where I don't like people, you know, but, but it's where I was truly at. And I feel like it's time to take masks off. And you know, after that, he said, he goes, you don't have to be afraid. I'm not afraid of you. He goes, cast your cares on me because I care for you. And sometimes those places that we're in pain or we're processing or we experience other people's pain, sometimes we just need Father God's love of like, if we could just come to him a lot faster our lives would be so much better. It's just when we start to want to run or hide, you know, I'm in pain or this is bad. Then we just want to go away versus the first thing we need to do is really just go to him. But even in the ugly, like I felt super ugly because it was, what I said was ugly. But I'm like, God already knows anyways. But there is an invitation for us to come and be real and honest before him. 2 Corinthians 3.16, when one turns to the Lord, a veil is taken away. Sin, sin separates us from God. So when we become honest before him and then even ask forgiveness, everything gets taken. Like there's no space between us and him. And that's how we're supposed to live. Actually, that's where we need to live. There shouldn't be another option for us. I pray that God would so, his conviction would be so real and, and our hearts would beat so hard whenever we try to do anything but that going to him with our pain or with anything that we're working through. Letting our barriers down, letting go of our defenses, laying down our disappointments. What if we got really good at that? Laying down pain, bad decisions, regret. Those are the things that we hide and we keep them over here because they're ugly. <laughs> or we're so scared that we can't trust God. Things that we don't understand. Those are barriers that get between us and God. It's hard when we don't understand. How could this be? Injustice. 
Those are things that get between us and God when we hold them between us and God. That we wouldn't be just surviving, being independent of Abba Father. There's actually more for us. He says, come closer, lay down your weapons. I think a lot of us are carrying a lot of weapons around, have bow and arrows on our back, have guns in our pockets, because we're just ready to take on anything that comes against us or take on even if it's God. But we don't need to have anything between us and him. We don't need to protect ourselves from him. But I think we do that when we're scared or afraid or had bad experiences. And he's saying, just come closer. Like we need, a, we need another level of his presence and experiencing his love so that we can step into all that he's called us to be. I have a border collie and um, his name is Chili. He's six. He's um, a very smart dog. I don't know if anyone has border collies, but they're like one of the most intelligent types of dogs that you could have. They have a very high vocabulary. I can't remember how many words, a thousand something words that they know. And um, he's the dog that wherever he's at, he's always just looking at you. His ears are moving around. He's tilting his head, trying to figure you out. What are you saying? Does it involve me? Did you want me to do anything? <laughs> and, um, and he just has his little human eyes just looking at you. And when we take walks, he, because he's a border collie, it's herding dog, herding, like herding cattle and stuff. We don't have any cattle. So he just runs in circles, big giant circles, but he's happy. Um, and so we have property. I walk the property and he does these big giant circles around me. And he's always aware of where I'm at, always. And he's really into sticks. So he'll go get sticks and, and even small trees. And... Um, <laughs> He does. It's kind of odd, like, buddy. His leg, back legs will come off the ground if it's too big of a tree. He doesn't care because he just does what he can to put it in his mouth. He'll put a stick down in front of me, and then he just stops and looks at me with the most crazy intense eyes, just piercing, like, I'm not moving, in, just you and me. And um, sometimes if I'm doing something else, I'll just keep walking and pass the stick. he just go back, pick the stick up, run back around, put it in front of me. And then he'll stop, and he crouches down with such intensity, his eyes are crazy and he is focused on one thing, my eyes and my facial expressions. Will he even be on the ground even anytime, whether he's outside or inside? And I'll just look at him like this, just raise my eyebrows and then he looks at me weird, different. I mean, he's looking at every single part of my face because they're bred to work. Like he's just looking for instructions all the time. I thought, what if we were like that with God? That we were more aware of what God was thinking and what God was seeing than anything else in our lives that we had that level of intentionality. I'm like, God, help me to be like chili. <laughs> I mean, we could, we could learn from anything, right? <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for chili. So Joshua, Joshua was Moses' assistant and he was the one who actually led the Israelites into the promised land. You know, and he had the same journey as ever, all the other Israelites. And he actually ended up being one of the 12 spies that got to go out and spy out the promised land. Is it truly what God said it was gonna be? Is it really flown with milk and honey? Is there really fruit? Is it really that great? And so all the 12 spies go in and the 10 of them come back and be like, I mean, it is, look at, here's the fruit, but there are giants in the land and we're like so small grasshoppers in their eyes and our own eyes. We can't go there, you know? And, and Caleb and Joshua are the only two that went there and they're like, Yes, it is what God said. And yes, we can take it just like God said. They had full belief in God and full belief in his promise. And I'm like, 
How could you guys all experience the same thing, the same journey, the cloud by day, fire by night, the manna off the ground? I mean, you experienced all the same things in the miracles of God, but yet only two of you could have, like actually believe God? What made them so different? But then I realized, oh, who was on the mountain with Moses? It was Joshua. Wow, I wonder what the presence of God did to Joshua. The presence of God is so powerful. And I love later on, it talks about Caleb and Joshua, how they would be them and only people who were under 20 are actually gonna step into the promised land. And it says, Caleb and Joshua will walk into the promised land because they followed me wholeheartedly, fully. And when I read that, I'm like, that is my aim in life. I want to follow God wholly, wholeheartedly, fully. Whole means not broken, <laughs> like fully put together. And I truly believe that it was his time in the presence. It actually even says in um, Exodus 33, 11, it says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he'd returned to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man did not depart from the tabernacle where the presence of God was. I think we just heard a secret. Like if we wanna step into the promises that God has for us, we just need to hang out in his presence because then we could get wholehearted and courage and maybe we would believe God because there are places that we're supposed to walk that I don't know how we're gonna walk there, but we're supposed to be there. But I know we could if we had his presence. Amen? So we say, yes, God. We say, yes, God, to what you have for us. Actually, we're not just gonna surrender, but we're gonna step into it. There's something, there's a personal call, a personal call to wholeness and courage. I believe that we as the church are supposed to step into new places, even places that there might be conflict and even places that I don't even know where the right answer is, but we're supposed to engage and we need to actually own our own stories and own the glory of God inside of us and step in to who he's created us to be. And some of us are gonna have to develop our voices. Some of us are gonna have to take risks and start those businesses. And maybe even do those inventions. There's places that we're called to um, inhabit, but we actually have to do something. We have to step into something and it's gonna involve courage because there's gonna be risk and there might be conflict as well. But it doesn't mean we're not supposed to go there, but we do need his presence. And we need personal, what his presence does to our person we need. That level of wholeness, that level of love, that level of hope and faith, that only comes from him. I wanna pray for a couple groups of people. I do love asking for a response because it gives me an opportunity to do something and respond to the invitation I feel like God is putting out there. So there's not pressure for you to respond, but if you want to, then you can. And there's gonna be, I'll have a couple different groups respond, so you won't be the only one. <clears throat> but yeah, we'll do what you want with it. <laughs> so first I wanna pray for those, you know, when they talk about Joshua being wholehearted, I'm like, our hearts are really important. Do you know that life the wellsprings of life flow from our heart, it says in Proverbs. Guard your heart for from it flows the issues of life or wellsprings of life. 
Our hearts are very important. And for us to step into the fullness of God, we actually need whole hearts. And Joshua and Caleb were referred to as wholehearted. And so I just want to pray, if there's anyone in this room that their heart feels empty or broken and you want a whole heart, because I just think, I know that the Father can change that in an instant. And if that's you and you want prayer for that, I just want you to stand. You're not going to have to do anything more than stand, but if you want to stand, I just know that God's love can change anything. And you're not alone here. There's going to be people, people who are going to be able to pray for you as well. The second group of people I want to pray for is for those who feel like there's a wall between them and God. There's a lot of things that create walls between us and God, but we're not, we're not supposed to live separated from him. Sin creates that fear, shame. I mean, anything that we grab onto lies. If you feel like there's walls between you and God and you don't want them there anymore, I want you to stand because we're gonna pray for you as well. You're not supposed to live isolated or separate from God for whatever the reason is. No more. And so if you're, stand, if you're um, by someone who's standing, I want you to put your hand on them. It's the beauty of being together, guys, is that we get to aim our strengths towards each other and to love on each other. And you're not supposed to leave here the same way that you came. There's, there is an invitation. So Lord, we pray first for our friends that are standing up who would say that my heart feels empty or broken and I need wholeness. Right now, I just say, Holy Spirit, come. I pray, Father, just perfect lover, that you come and saturate them with your love, that your love would so tenderize any hard places in their heart and fill any holes. I just pray that there would be so much healing that you wouldn't even see old cracks. Like it would be so whole, it would be a miracle that from the inside out, there would be fresh, new, beating heart. Yeah, in the deep parts, every chamber of your heart, I pray that God would even heal and restore your heart in the past, in the present, in the future. I pray that there'd be so much healing that you wouldn't even remember the pain. I thank you, God, for complete wholeness. And I pray that you'd give them eyes to see you and the courage just to spend time with you and to be with you and not to run. Yeah, so I bless you and I bless your hearts. And I say, be full of life and be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Receive the Lord, receive his love. And I just pray that he would just tenderize your heart. And even while you're sleeping tonight, I pray that his presence would be sweet and that he would kiss you while you're sleeping and that you would know it's him. Yeah, I thank you, God, for the people that are standing that would say that there's something between God and I, and I don't want it there anymore. I thank you, God, that when we turn to you, that you remove the veil. So tonight we turn to you and I pray that if there's anything between us and you that you would show us what it is so we can turn from it and repent and ask forgiveness. So if there's anything, if you're standing and you would say, there is, there is something between God and I, Lord, I pray that you would show us what it is right now. And if there's anything that comes to your mind, it's super simple. Just say, Lord, forgive me for not trusting you. Forgive me for being afraid. Forgive me for trying to do it in my own strength or protecting myself. Whatever it is, Lord, forgive me because we turn to you. Yeah, and I ask, Lord, for just the courage 
to repent too, to not continue doing what got us here. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for your forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I thank you, Lord, for the cleansing and the forgiveness. I pray that they would experience your forgiveness like never before. Because in forgiveness, there's freedom. In forgiveness, there's wholeness. In forgiveness, there's face-to-face with God. And that's what we want, Lord, we want you. So I thank you, God, for the freedom of forgiveness, the forgiveness that allows us to step into who we were created to be. Yeah, I thank you for just Jesus, your life. And I pray that the people that are standing would experience everything that you gave your life for. The freedom, the wholeness, and the power, and the purity. I thank you, God, for just your fresh purity on every single person standing. Just the purity of your presence. Yeah, so I bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And then the last group I just want to invite is basically for anyone who just wants to respond to come into the cloud, come into the cloud. If you want just more of God's presence, I want you to stand. But you don't have to. There's a right answer and a real answer. You do whatever is real for you. That there's no more hiding, that we want to be completely honest before God. Completely honest and we say, Put your hands up. We say, yes, Lord, here we are. We're stepping in. We're stepping in. Holy Spirit, we say yes to you. That we say, consume us, that our hearts would be like dry wood, so hungry for you, and that you would so consume us that there'd be 0% containment, and that it wouldn't be just for us, but that it would jump barrier lines all over our family, into other people's family, into other people's races, into all gender. Lord, I just pray that you would so consume us that we'd be a people that people look at us and say, I see the fire of God. I see the fire of God and the glory of God. Just have your way with us, Lord. Yes, we step in. And I pray, Lord, that you would show us your face. Show us your face and remove anything if there's a veil that it would be removed. Everything that Jesus gave his life for. Yes, we love you. And we say we have eyes for you, just like my dog has for me. But we're looking at your face, looking at your expressions, and we care more about what you think than anybody else. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I bless every single person here. I bless the spirit of God inside of you. Yeah, I say you have permission to step in the glory of God inside of you, the glory of God that you, that were created in. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful and it's right. And I thank you, God, for the delight and the joy in doing that. Yeah, so I bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.